0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, Marriott Center Magic. You've all heard about it, but what does that home court advantage really mean? Stats guru Ken Pomeroy explains.
1: When the season is all said and done, what will be the best BYU football position group?
0: Plus, new San Francisco 49er Fred Warner earns more high praise from the coaching staff in San Fran. What did he do? Let's go!
2: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
0: BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans all over the world. Tuesday, May 24th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, a man who can assemble a trampoline in 4.3 hours or less.
1: I want to say that it was like three-ish hours, and it was with the help of my brother-in-law, Dan Barnes, and my sister-in-law, Stephanie Kraft. Shout out to them for helping me put together a trampoline. Now, a trampoline, when you and I were younger, was in the ground or above ground, but with no you know covering extended around the exterior. There was exterior. no net around it. Now there's a net. And trust me, as a parent of a five-year-old tomorrow... I'm like, oh, thank goodness for this net.
0: How did any of us survive as children? That's what I want to know. I have grand visions of laying in our well, we're grand very... safari station wagon in the back going for Sunday. Just laying down on yeah, blankets. No seat belts. Seat belts, yeah, no seatbelts. belt's optional. Trampolines, I mean, they had the blue pads around them sometimes. But then they'd get, like, cracked they'd, and you'd, weathered. you go
1: to the friend's house that didn't have the pad. You're like, oh, man, I stepped into the spring. <laughs> and it's rusty. I learned how to and do backflips. And I back don't have flips. a tetanus shot.
0: And roundabouts <laughs> and all this stuff on these trampolines that just had these deathly, yes. dangerous springs on them.
1: <laughs> now all oh, my daughter wants—that's right, Dave. All my daughter wants to do when I get home is jump on the tramp, which is actually fun for me. I haven't jumped on a trampoline in a while. It's great. Can you, great. Can you great. do a backflip? I can't. I could never do a backflip.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a weird mental obstacle to overcome. I never learned how to do a backflip. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to learn right now, then I don't. I'm not the one to teach you. Yeah, at this point of life,
1: <laughs> I've mostly done what I want to do, and I'm not going to develop anything for the next six. How months.
0: did any of us survive holding a fudgesicle outside the back of my station wagon, going down the freeway because it's melting in the summer heat? <laughs> <laughs> we, Times have
1: changed. Trust me, the cavemen weren't like. Man, pick up that binky. It fell on the ground. You know
0: what I mean? There was no binky. Times have changed. Like, it's going to be okay. Hey, at least I didn't hold my infant in my arms and drive in a car somewhere, okay? Story for another day. All rise and
2: shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: The coaching staff of the San Francisco 49ers continues to rave about their third-round draft pick and rookie linebacker out of BYU Federico, Fred Warner, most recently raving about his overall intelligence. It's not crazy to think Fred might start at some point this season, Mm -hmm. based on what we've heard, and is certainly expected to contribute, thus prompting the following question, Jerem. Will Fred Warner's rookie season be on par or better than Ziggy Ansah? It will be hard to compare,
1: okay, because Fred Warner is going to be asked to play Mike Linebacker potentially. And there was, uh, you know, a nice quote from, from his head coach, Kyle Shanahan, yesterday about it. Ziggy Ansah played defensive line. He had eight sacks. Eight sacks is awesome, man. He was a rookie For of the year anybody. candidate. Fred Warner, I don't see him getting eight sacks. I see him having a lot of tackles, way more than 32. Now, the question is, Reuben, so Ruben Foster was in a domestic, you know, violence case. And uh, the female involved said she made it up. So he's probably going to stay with the 49ers. There and was, start. There was a, yes. There was a question if that went south that he would probably be gone, right? That was an idea. Now Fred Warner is going to be able to learn behind Reuben Foster in all likelihood, play Mike Linebacker, which is still kind of a shock to me. He played outside Linebacker the whole time BYU. I think it's kind of hard to compare. If, if Fred Warner can rack up like 70 tackles and have a pick or two and a forced fumble, then maybe there's a comparison there. Ziggy's freshman freshman year, his rookie year, was incredible. Also, Might as well be a freshman Also, Ziggy year. was the fifth pick. Fred was not in the first or second rounds.
0: It's hard to compare the two different positions for sure. And I, I think the only way that Fred Warner is involved in a conversation of having a more impressive season than Ziggy Anza is if he's put in a position to start, if that comes about. Right, good but point. That would If it's injury or any other reason... He's got to start. He's got to start to even be in that conversation.
1: Plus, he plays the Seahawks twice. Those are really tough games.
0: Well, they used to be, Jerem. They used to be. Well, we don't, Fred Warner's also we got Richard know. Sherman behind him. <laughs> you, old used goods.
1: Used goods.
0: I'm just excited for Fred Warner Fred to Gilles. contribute. They, they expect him to contribute yes. and be an impactful player on this year's roster. Now, if that's as good as Ziggy, Fantastic. He's got to be a starter for that to happen.
1: Uh, amen to that. Yesterday we chatted with college football writer Chris Vanetti about which position group will be the best when the season is over. Here was his answer.
0: I think it's going to be the pass rush. Uh, they really like the defensive line, the
1: guys they got. they moved. I know they moved Sammy, uh, Taki Taki, the linebacker, uh, to get some more speed on the field. Uh, they, they they seem to think this is going to be the fastest, most athletic defense that they've had in quite some time Interesting. So, Spencer, I now
0: ask you, which football position group will be the best when the season is over? Chris has done his homework, and I agree. But specifically, the defensive line. Okay. They won't get the notoriety at the end of the season, typically because it's harder to put up eye-opening numbers as a member of the defensive line. You can do that with sacks. Yeah, good sacks. Forced fumbles. Forced fumbles. But those are really the only two categories that you can make noise in. But they'll be the best, led by BYU's next great NFL prospect, Kairos Tonga. We're talking about a guy that could potentially be a first-rounder. He's in Kalani Satake and Elisa Tuiaki's wheelhouse of getting these guys and putting them in the NFL. His favorite food is horse, specifically Boise State Bronco. <laughs> Those two will lead along sorry, Kairos Tonga along with Corbin Kafusi will lead a solid group. Corbin's getting better. It's been a long road for him. Senior
1: year, man. Let's go. His
0: senior year. The defensive line will be so good, the linebackers will actually be able to fill their usual gaps, and we'll see those high number of tackles we expect from guys like Butch Pau.
1: To me, it's the running backs. There's a lot of good players in that group. Are there any great ones? We're going to find out. Are there any very good ones? Squalid Canada had a strong finish to the season. Ula Tolutau, K.J. Hall, Kavika Funua, Zach Katoa. There's like a bunch of dudes. Riley Bird, underused last year. We'll see if the running backs can be what we think they can be, which is a really, really good group. I think they could be the best position group when the season's over. BYU needs this group to be good as well. But the 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 off-the-radar one is the offensive line. I think the offensive line could be the best group that BYU has. And I think in order for BYU to have success this year, I think the O line needs to be really stinking good. That's
0: another one of those position groups that hard to quantify. Just doesn't get a lot of like after attention. a
1: game, it's not like, man, the O line blocked well. It's like, well, how do you know?
0: Maybe Jeff Grimes brings that to the forefront, however, because he's an offensive line coach and he's the offensive coordinator. So maybe he makes that a deal. I don't know.
1: If the O line's good, your running backs don't have to be great. They can just be decent and run through open holes and do what they need to do.
0: Jerem's got the running backs. I've got the defensive line. On to basketball. According to CBS Sports, BYU basketball will play at least three games against top 15 teams this upcoming season. Ranking Gonzaga, number five in the country. BYU season opener, Nevada, number eight. And number 15, Mississippi State. The latter two part of the non conference schedule, both on the road in true road format. Add that to Houston, San Diego State, Utah, and UNLV, among others. Jeremy, you have been critical of the toughness of the BYU football schedule. Do you feel the same way now about the basketball schedule?
1: Not even close. Football is a meritocracy. How many wins did you have at the end of the year? And then if you're trying to get into the playoff, then the conversation of strength of schedule comes in. But that only applies for four of the 130 teams. In basketball, it is a scheduleocracy, And yes, that isn't a word. Who did you play? Where did you play them? And did you have enough wins? That is the NCAA selection committee's criteria. And BYU is loading up. It's probably too tough, but guess what? I would rather lean on that side in hoops because if you get enough wins, now you're in an at-large position. BYU has not sniffed the tourney the last two years and has been an NIT one-and-done team. The Cougars, with a beefed-up schedule, could give themselves a better shot on Sunday than pre- the previous two seasons this way.
0: Amen and Amen. I love so much that the big games on the schedule aren't few and far between now. So a game like Alabama last year is, oh man, BYU's running out of opportunities to impress in non-conference. If they don't beat Alabama, then who's left on the schedule? That's no
1: longer an issue. One quad one,
0: non-con game. BYU's going to have multiple. That's no longer an issue. If you don't beat Nevada, you've got Mississippi State. And if you don't meet Mississippi State, you've got Houston. You've got a road game against Illinois State, who I know BYU is hoping is better than last year. You've got a neutral game against Utah, hoping that the Utes are better. UNLV, yeah. San Diego State. There are a number of games to impress the committee on the schedule. It's not, better beat Alabama, or you're going to be in trouble. Didn't we feel that
1: last year? Like that After BYU didn't beat Alabama, I thought, well, that's not looking what good. What can the they do conference?
0: to impress the committee now?
1: Right. Even, BYU was 12-2 and two last year, and after non-conference, we were still like, oh, they're looking good in terms of record, but what's the resume going to look like? They were not the even in the bubble
0: like? conversation at 12-2 because of just the lack enough. of beauty in yes. the non-conference schedule. Yes,
1: and BYU on Selection Sunday is hopefully in a better spot. Impact transfers are always welcome in collegiate athletics. You don't always nail it on the first time. Did you marry the first girl you dated? If you did, ignore the rest of what I'm saying. BYU is no different. The USA Today produced a list of the top ten college quarterbacks who found success in their new homes. Your boy Max Hall, who still hates Utah, came in at number four. So, Spencer, who's the most impactful transfer in BYU history?
0: Maximus Hall, Jerem. And I'm going to make my case beginning with this. Winningest quarterback in BYU football history. He's got the most wins of any quarterback to play at Brigham Young University. Three-year starter. Carries some merit, doesn't it? What's more impactful than that? How about the last quarterback to beat Utah? And the last quarterback to beat Utah multiple times. It's been a while. He beat Oklahoma. The last major signature win in BYU history. Max Hall was the quarterback. Also, the last quarterback to lead BYU to an AP Top 25 finish. The Cougars were number 12 in 2009 in the final media poll. To me, it's Max Hall. There are a lot of good answers and good responses to this question. I'm about to, to give you one of those. And I can go on and on because I know a bunch of you are saying, I get it. But just in terms of what he did and the impact he made on the program, those numbers right there scream really loud. Who you got?
1: If Lavelle Edwards isn't an option because he transferred to BYU, if you will,
0: from Utah State, from Utah State and Granite <laughs> High,
1: I go with Steve Sarkeesian. His first season, six and five, lost to Utah, didn't go to a bowl oh, game. No.
0: Seven and four, and they still didn't go to a Seven bowl game. Seven and four,
1: even better. Uh, the next season, fourteen and one, the most wins in college football history until the previous two years uh, or three, where Ohio State and Alabama were able to rack up some fourteen win seasons. That's incredible. Just the one loss. Top five finish, first time for BYU, finishing in the top five since 1984. Incredible season, arguably the greatest team in BYU football history. You can talk about 84, 83, 96. I think those are your top three in the convo. Incredible coaching career post-BYU as well. Okay. Able to get back on his feet, luckily. Steve Sarkeesian, to me, is the most impactful transfer from El Camino Junior College. Yes, sir. Other guys in the mix, by the way. Taysom Hill from Stanford. He signed with Stanford, and then he came to BYU. Riley Nelson, last QB for a ranked BYU team at the end of the year and double-digit win team. Rafael Araujo in basketball. That was an impact transfer. Elijah Bryant. Elijah. Travis Hansen from Utah Valley State College. There have been some tremendous transfers. In fact, they always play a significant role in what happens at BYU. More impactful transfers at BYU are needed.
0: If we're leaving somebody on the list, feel free to tweet that at us with the hashtag BYUSN. Oh, we left off a gajillion. Our question of the day, we would also like you to chime in on. At the end of the season, what will BYU football's strongest position group be? Again, at the end of the season. Time to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation. Collect your voices and bring them to us, won't you?
2: This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU
0: Sports Nation, at Grizzfather in on Twitter. Going to be several that excel this year: offensive line, defensive line, linebackers. Okay, he answered with three. <laughs> That's a we'll cheap way of getting out of that. And help us win. Okay, <laughs> wait this. Wait, wait for this though. Will help BYU win eight plus games.
1: I got to go blue goggles on that one. I think eight would be an awesome number. Awesome meaning grand
0: or large. That would be, to me, a great and worthy of the word great season. Ooh, Based on where BYU is right now and what they are dealing with after the 4-9 season last year with this schedule. A lot of things that factor into that. At
1: rig, Matthew. Offensive line, they've got a lot of upside, and everyone is better on offense when the line excels. What's interesting is that we're high on the offensive line despite the loss of the center and the two guards. With Tijon Karoma, Kian Norman, and Tooney Kanooch, that's interesting to me because those were three seniors and good players, and we think they're going to be really good and better. That's a lot of confidence.
0: You bring in Tristan Hodge. James Empey has stood out as the new center replacing the Louis Caroma
1: as a tackle is back, and he's what can massive. he do? Is he going to be like healthy? Seven three thirty. Yeah.
0: At Theron BYU, running back. I predict BYU will have two 700-plus yard rushers this year. Hashtag mm. grind for Grimes. Grind for Grimes.
1: Squally okay. Canada went for
0: over 700 like last year.
1: Will we see? Yeah, I don't think we'll see a thousand. In fact,
0: I think I was within two yards of his exact number in my predictions for the year.
1: That's pretty good, man. <laughs> hey, coming up, what's the chance Fred Warner starts game one for the 49ers?
0: Also on the way, what is... The statistical value of home court. And how is it figured out? The magic behind the Marriott Center magic. College basketball stats guru Ken Pomeroy joins us to answer the question. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's it's good teams. That's the magic. BYU Sports Nation is presented by
2: the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We will be in
1: the BYU store Friday at noon Eastern time, live on location. If you're local, come party with us. If not, join us on BYU TV and BYU radio.
0: Jerem will sign his personal portraits just for you, BYU Sports Nation. I'll have to uh,
1: print said portraits before then that no one will want. Big so. thanks
0: to Glamour Shots for taking care of that. Well,
1: Olin Mills, really appreciate them still being in the mall. And uh, catering to my needs.
0: This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation always rolling on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. You can always catch us on our Facebook page. Literally, you can, you can catch that page, right? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> so-and-so
1: caught up with someone. I'm like, did they run after I know, how them? How about like, just
0: spoke with? Just spoke with. Caught up. <laughs> wait, wait. I need to do an interview with wait, you. Oh, hold on, hold on. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever you want to converse with us. Our question of the Catch day us. at the end of the season, what will BYU football's strongest position group be at Colonel James under sorry, Colonel underscore James eighty three? I think we'll be pleasantly surprised that both the offensive and defensive lines will be the strength of the team. However, don't fall asleep on the secondary. I think they will make a strong push as well. You know what'll help the secondary look great hmm. and play great? Hmm. An effective pass rush.
1: Yes. That's the number one key to an effective
0: secondary. It's something they don't even do. Hey, the secondary was great. Well, That's because well, the defensive line was in the backfield all game.
1: Let's be honest. Their name is not primary. It's secondary.
0: <laughs> Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, college basketball stats guru, Ken Pomeroy, friend of the program, returning to the show. Nice to have you back, Ken. Hi, Ken
3: hey guys thanks for having me on and thanks for uh shoehorning some basketball talk here as the summer begins
0: hey absolutely we're here for you my friend and thank you for taking the lead on this home court advantage topic that has struck our fancy how would you simply explain home court advantage from a statistical standpoint keep in mind this is an hour show so <laughs> we really do need this to be brief
3: <laughs> it is it is difficult uh yeah so i mean I guess the the thing about home court advantage is you know it's not you can look at a box score and you can see the final score and you can see uh you know who scored how many points or whatever, but you can't see what home court advantage was and uh, so it's always been kind of an, an obsession of mine to try to figure that out and uh from a statistical perspective, you know you can look at things like uh <clears throat> excuse me like fouls uh certain types of turnovers block shots those type of things uh are generally what make up home court advantage and if you kind of look at the advantages that those team, uh, certain teams have uh, in those categories uh, between their home and road play, you can, you can infer how good their home court is. And, uh, and so that was uh, kind of the genesis of my study, what I first started looking at, and then uh, kind of transitioned into looking at, uh, looking at the point spread data for this last study to kind of see if uh, you know, these two methods uh, match up a little bit.
1: So, yeah, BYU at number 12 in the country for home court advantage at, at 4.0, which is my high school GPA the whole oh, time. Please. What does that 4.0 mean? How did you come to that number?
3: Yeah, it basically means, like, if you, uh, you know, if you play take BYU and just take some random opponent, uh, uh, let's say, you know, San Francisco. They play San Francisco on a neutral court, play them in Vegas in the tournament or whatever. Uh, Compare that performance to when they play them uh, in the Marriott Center. They should be, on average, on the long term, four points better uh, in the Marriott Center. Um, The problem is you need – lots of games to see that advantage. I mean, you know, you obviously watch any individual game. Uh, there's lots of what we would call a uh, noise in the outcome. So, you know, sometimes you'll beat San Francisco by two, sometimes you'll beat them by 30, sometimes they will lose by four whatever. Uh, so you need a lot of games to kind of observe, uh, this 4.0. And, you know, especially when you look at that list, um, I mean, the range of values from top to bottom is two points, you know, uh, 2.5 or so to 4.5. So, um, so there's not a lot of, uh, of range in home court advantage across the country and uh, it just kind of speaks to the idea that you you can't just look at one game or two games and make judgments about home court advantage. You really have to look at like multiple seasons to get a feel for this.
1: You put this out on your blog and explain it. It's very thorough, especially if you love math. It's awesome. Um, did you look at how many seasons or how long did you look at uh, for this particular number for BYU of 4.0? Yeah, So uh, so this
3: was five years worth of data, gotcha. um, but it's just conference games. It's just conference games. So um, it's not like full seasons, but uh, you know, you have basically, you know, nine home and road pairs to look at. So, uh, um, so, you know, 40 some games, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, I had this other method where I used like just stats. So the one we're talking about uses point spreads, I also use, yeah, I have a method using stats and I found that you really, you have to look at like six years to get kind of a really kind of stable number that you can trust. Um, it just so happens I only have five years worth of point spread data, so I went with that. But, you know, the other issue is like some teams are changing arenas in that time, or some teams are getting good or bad, or obviously the fan support's changing. And so yeah. you're really looking at a moving target here. It's like a, it's a, <laughs> bottom line, is it's a really difficult challenge. I, I'm kind of proud of the work that came out of it. Like, I think there's a sensible list here, but, uh, but it's really difficult to kind of detect home court advantage.
0: You've aced your final of the spring term, Ken. So congratulations <laughs> on that. How long did it take you to do this?
3: I wasn't too bad. I mean, it is, you know, it's funny. I'll, you know, I'll talk to like coaches or, or people like yourself, you know, people in the media and during the season and a la- you know, it gets to the end of the season and they'll last week, you oh, know, what do you do in the off season? And, uh, and it's, you know, kind of stuff like this. So, uh, I don't know how long it took. I'm juggling a number of different projects, but uh, um, it, it's not maybe as, as bad as it sounds. You know, it's, got to, it's always it's always fun. Like when you're working towards some sort of answer that uh, uh, you know, some sort of knowledge you didn't know before. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't uh, a lot. Some of it felt like work, but most of it most of it didn't. Most of it was pretty fun.
1: You just outlined our show. We're trying to find answers without doing a lot of work. <laughs> That's basically our show. We appreciate that mission statement for us. Let's change gears a little bit. Yoli Childs announced he's coming back. What kind of impact do you uh, project that could possibly have for BYU hoops next season?
3: Yeah, that was pretty big. You know, it would have been uh, even bigger <laughs> if both Yoli and Eliza Bryant had had decided to come back together. I mean, this is a, with everybody coming back, this is a kind of a a team and nobody's like talking about in terms of like top 25 and they would not have been a preseason top 25 team, but they were like a sneaky, like 30 to 40 type team with all those guys coming back. Um, So one can obviously understand why Elijah Bryant would want to go pro and earn a a substantial amount of money for, uh, for him and his, his family. And, and uh, I would not criticize that decision at all, but, uh certainly at least getting Yoli back uh makes them uh, a player for a tournament bid next year. Uh you know, I would really be surprised if they weren't picked second in the conference. Um I mean I don't know how how much you know about Saint Mary's, but they you know, they lose a lot of production from last year. Um you know, so they got a lot of new parts back. Uh they lose a, a you know, pretty key transfer in Evan Fitzner who would have been in line to, to start this year. Uh so not that they're decimated and not that you should doubt what Randy Bennett can do with uh even marginal talent, but I do feel like Uh, Certainly, the core of you know Yoli and and T.J. Hawes, and uh, obviously getting Nick Emery back. Um, You know, I think there's reason to believe that BYU should be you know the second best team in the conference, and you know a little bit better position than last year in terms of of fighting for a tournament bid. You know, um, there's obviously a ton of experience on the team, and uh, and that should uh, should serve them well. College
0: basketball stats guru Ken Pomeroy with us on BYU Sports Nation. With Yoli Childs in mind, do you have a metric? or anything of the sort that can signify how many more wins an individual player can, let's say, bring to a team?
3: Yeah, that's a tough one in the college game uh, because, first of all, schedules are so different. Like, what what does a win mean? Uh, uh, So I I don't exactly have that for you. I mean, I could speculate, you know, that over the course of a 30-game schedule for, you know, uh, an average schedule strength, uh, you know, it it might be worth... uh, I don't know. Two to three wins over uh, you know, an incoming freshman, something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just kinda of spitballing that. But um I mean clearly I think Yoli's the type of guy who's like really valuable in the role that he's in. Like in the WCC you know, he's the type of guy like obviously put up huge numbers and he's got a he's got a problem kind of in projecting the next level where his like size and his skills, skill set doesn't quite intersect in the right way to like, you know, make a breakthrough in the nba but in the wcc it's it's a great combination like he's big enough that he's going to get tons of rebounds and uh you're not going to push him around in the post and he's obviously going to score a lot down low and uh he can further refine his jump shot he'll be a you know one of those guys that i think breaks through uh and becomes kind of a you know a national name And certainly can be you know wcc player of the year i mean it's all those things are possible for him so um but yeah in terms of wins i mean you know Obviously, very important. Like, like, as I said, if he, had, I guess we didn't discuss the the negative side, but if he had not come back, uh, this is a team that probably drops below St. Mary's on the pecking order and is much more of a long shot to make the NCAA tournament this year.
0: Great stuff, Ken Pomeroy making math fun for the last thirty years. Ken, what's coming up in your uh, summer series?
3: <laughs> well, I'm still yes TBD right now, but I, you know, I have all this point spread data, and there's just a lot of interesting information you can get out of it. And I think the next step. Uh, is to look at what happens uh, in overtime games. So, you know, we know that, like, you know, a team's favored by five. They probably have, like, a, you know, 65% chance of winning a game. But what happens if the game goes to overtime? Like, literally, they don't have a 65% chance. Maybe they have, like, a 57% chance or something. Uh, So, it's it's looking at that, you know, seeing what happens, uh, how often the underdog wins once they get to overtime, Um, that's kind of another interesting topic that I think you can only answer with this kind of, uh, data that I've been able to grab on, on point spreads.
0: Check him out, com. If you love stats, that is your website. Ken, thanks for the time, man.
3: Thanks, Ken. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: Ken Pomeroy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future.
1: He's a big deal. The NCA selection committee uses his ratings as a part of its team sheets. Like It's great to have Ken on the show, a friend of the program. He's
0: contributing to The Athletic now, which is a growing website. We talked to Chris Vanini of The Athletic But yesterday. is he
1: athletic is the question.
0: Well, with his mind, he certainly is. Absolutely. That is for sure.
1: Coming up, we go live to the Lynx as the BYU men's golf team prepares for the NCAA championships in
0: Stillwater, Oklahoma tomorrow. Plus, what's the chance Fred Warner starts a game for the San Francisco 49ers this season? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. I've got a craving for some of today's top BYUSN stories.
2: It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines.
0: The New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets have signed former BYU football wide receiver Jonah Trinnaman. All right. Ended his career as a BYU Cougar with 52 catches, 626 yards, and a touchdown over a couple of seasons. Leave out that last part. Trinnaman was initially signed by the Arizona Cardinals. Now working out for teams, and the Jets like what they see. So it's on to New York, New York.
1: And he won't work out for the Packers as a defensive back now because he was signed with the Jets as a receiver.
0: Well, who knows? And who knows what happens from here on out? Maybe the Jets say, we want your speed on the defensive side of the ball. They could. That's a potential. Yeah, they could. That's
1: great for Jonah. Congrats. Absolutely. Elijah Bryant will work out for the L.A. Lakers today. Bryant told us a few weeks ago he's a fan of the Lakers.
2: I've always been a Kobe fan, right? Kobe Bryant, it's like, yeah. oh, are you related to Kobe Bryant? I mean, and at one point I was like, you know, you know, at one point it was like, no. But then as I realized who Kobe Bryant was, I was like, yeah, he's my uncle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got some mama Yeah, yeah right my uncle. he's my uncle. But that, I think the Lakers are Michael your... Jordan for me, too, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think... Um, Lakers would be really a really cool opportunity, just the history behind the whole um, organization.
1: Bryant's worked out for at least the Utah Jazz and the Milwaukee Bucks as well, and reports out of L.A. have Bryant required to wear a shirt during the workout at some point. Back to you, Spencer.
0: Uncle Kobe. We'll wait to hear what he thinks about Elijah Bryant. Is he going to detail Kobe Bryant? (laughs) I see what you did there. BYU baseball's Brock Hale and Jordan Wood selected to the 13-member All-West Coast Conference First team, Hale and Wood, the only Cougars named to the All WCC honors for the season. Hale led BYU in basically every major offensive category. He's going to get drafted. Jordan Wood was the ace on the mound. He was five and four as a starter, or the starter of record. And Wins and losses
1: in baseball, whatever.
0: Four of his losses. By one run, Jerry Exactly. One
1: Felix one. Hernandez won the Cy Young with like a barely above 500 record. It's what His ERA was crazy though. Yeah. BYU Men's Golf is practicing as we speak in the NCAA Championships in Stillwater, Oklahoma. The Cougars will play their third round tomorrow since BYU doesn't play on Sunday. Then rounds one and two on Friday and Saturday. Rhett Rasmussen will join us in 10 minutes. Let's play What's the Chance?
2: BYU Sports Nation asks What's the Chance?
1: Presented by
0: BYU Food to Go. I'm hungry. The MVP of your next event. Number one. What do you have for us? What's the
2: chance BYU football will play three
0: New Year's Six Bowl
2: teams this season?
1: Whoa. So there are 12 teams that make New Year's Six. Okay. So what's the chance BYU plays three? Wisconsin, Washington, and Boise Boise State. State. I'll go like 75%. I think there's a decent shot that all three make that.
0: Yeah, Boise State's going to be favored and, as they typically are, the lead candidate to win that group of five New Year's Six auto bid. Are Washington and Wisconsin both good enough to make New Year's Six bowls? Absolutely. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, 75% chance that BYU plays three teams that are playing in New Year's Six bowl games.
1: Here's a concern for you. BYU's never defeated Boise State when they have won double-digit games. So if Boise State's actually that team... That doesn't bode well. for Well,
0: me. BYU's never won in Boise either.
1: Now's the time for change. Number two, let's go.
2: So you're saying they're due on both accounts? Yes. Right? Yes. yes, like a library book yes. or a baby. Number two, what's the chance BYU football makes a bowl game this season? No,
0: please. Can I go first in this one? It sounds like you're going to. One hundred percent. Why do we keep asking this question? It's one hundred percent. BYU is going. We've to got an win hour to fill six games. They're going to win six games and go to a bowl game. Just stop. Make your plans. You want to go to a holiday bowl game? And plans for what, what game? We don't Christmas? know what game. Just plan on BYU being in a bowl game. That's 100% going to happen.
1: Okay, I've got the blue goggles. I'm deciding whether to put them on or not. No, nah, I'm not going to put them on. Uh, I go like 95% BYU's making a bowl game. What I don't want is for BYU to be 5-6 and six going up to Utah on November 24th. That's what I don't want. I want BYU against UMass or New Mexico State to clinch, which UMass is a guaranteed win, by the way, that one of those two games that BYU clinches a bowl game. Not according to <laughs>
0: ESPN's Football Power Index, BYU is a 42% chance of winning in Foxborough. I'll take a Jackie Robinson In November, worth. 42% at UMass. What has the world come to?
1: Like, Is the rapture near? BYU's a dog at UMass? Really? And a
0: home underdog to Utah State. That's BYU fine. Let them
2: have
1: that
0: one. 100% will go to a bowl game. Come on. Number three.
2: What's the chance Fred Warner starts game one in San Francisco?
0: 50%. It
1: depends on whether they want Ruben Foster to be the guy and move Fred Warner to a different outside linebacker position. Or did they play at 3-4? I'm not sure. If they have two insides and see the other one, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that they may ease Fred into this, but if, he, if Fred's too good in practice, they're going to put him on the field.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say like 30%. I see Reuben Foster starting, and then there's no reason to throw him out on the field in a starting position in game number one if you don't have to.
1: Plus, starters in football is whatever. It doesn't matter who starts. Can
0: he play and be impactful? Who cares if he starts? So third 30%, they, pl- they run a
1: 4-3. I mean, so he's, he's a rookie. Not.
0: He's a rookie so there's and with Reuben Foster in play with that whole domestic abuse thing now out of the picture it's just low likely that he'll start game number 1. Now start a game? Now that percentage goes up, right? I go
1: handy on that one. I think he starts at least a game.
0: Yeah. Our question of the day, at the end of the season, what will BYU football's strongest position group be? At CL underscore living. Offensive line. At the year end, the trench is good and grimy.
1: There are a lot of puns that could be had there. We've already had two. Well done. Keep uh, weighing in on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Coming up, Jacob Hanneman goes off in AAA. We'll tell you how.
0: Plus, how's the weather in Stillwater, Oklahoma? Why do we care about that today? Because BYU men's golf is on the course preparing for the national championships. Rhett Rasmussen will join us. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: We'll be at the BYU Store Friday, noon Eastern time. If you're around, come hang out with us. We'd love to uh, hang out. Uh, BYU TV, BYU Radio, of course, will be live from the BYU Store. The title sponsor of this program, we appreciate them. BYU TV and BYU Radio coming up.
0: Drop Jerem Jordan's name and just maybe they'll give you a discount. There's No That's, guarantee on we, that, no, but you can try. No,
1: I don't even know if we can say that, actually. You can try. <laughs> you can try. We can't? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside the fabulous Jerem Jordan. Our daily byu I don't think we can say that either. rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU-TV at 6 p.m. Eastern sharp. Question of the day. At the end of the season, what will BYU football's strongest position group be? End of the season. At Cougar Bell on Twitter. The offensive line will be the strongest. We have a bunch of returning players. And that is Coach Grimes Forte. Or Fortnite. Joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline now from Stillwater, Oklahoma, representing BYU men's golf at the national championships, Rhett and Rhett, welcome back to the program. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. What's it like to do an interview on national TV with your whole team standing around watching you?
4: Uh it's a little it's a little nerve wracking, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is this more nah. nerve wracking than the regional last week? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not even close. <laughs> How's the weather in Stillwater? Because you guys were in Norman. You got used to playing in Oklahoma. You've traveled like an hour and a half away now in, in Stillwater. What's what's the weather like? Because you had a delay last week during the round.
4: Yeah, we, so we had about a two-hour rain delay. But in Stillwater, it's not too bad. It's about 90 and a little bit humid, so a little bit different than Utah. But I guess it's bearable. What do you
0: do during a rain delay?
4: Uh, honestly, nothing. <laughs> just sit there.
1: <laughs> Try to keep yourself busy. You probably don't have your cell phone, right?
4: Uh, no, I mean, some guys go on. I go on my cell phone. I mean, I don't know what else I'm going to do, but a lot of guys just sit there and talk. But, yeah, you got you to gotta stay busy for sure.
0: You can stream BYU Sports
1: Nation. Yeah, right? besides watching oh, yeah. the show or listening. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
4: Uh, did uh, you guys yeah. come home or did
1: you stay in Oklahoma?
4: No, so we actually came home because the tournament ended about a week ago. So we were home for about... Five days and then back out to Oklahoma again.
0: Are you used to the culture of Oklahoma now? Like, would you consider yourself a potential transplant at some point?
4: I would consider myself an Oklahoman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's where the uh, wind comes rolling down the plane, Spencer. Um, When you look at what you guys are trying to do, how validating was it over the last couple of years? You guys were building towards this. You won the WCC last year at Riverside and Provo. That was awesome. This year you get an at-large, and then you get through the regional to the championships. What kind of validation did that have for you and the guys as you have built the program up?
4: Um, you know, it's super, it's super awesome because I've always known that we've had a great team these last couple of years, but we just have, I mean, we haven't played our best, you know, when it matters, but it's super, super validating to, to play good when when you need it most.
0: What changed over the last two days? Because round one as a team, you shoot seven over par in that regional, and then you go 10 under, 10 under. I mean, was there something different happening for you and your team? Um...
4: Honestly, different, I wouldn't really say that. I would just say that, you know, we all really struggled the first day, and then the last two rounds, you know, all five of us really played solid, and when you put that together, it equates to a really good team score.
1: You're in the middle of your practice round now, right? Yeah, correct. You guys paused the practice round to chat with us. Is that accurate? Yeah.
4: Yeah, just walking down the fairway, talking to you guys. What (laughs) hole are you
1: on? I think
4: we're on at twelve.
1: <laughs> what a privilege! We appreciate you pausing that. Okay, what do you think of the course so far? How do you think it's going to play? Um,
4: it's a it's a very tough course. If the if the wind stays down, it'll be it'll be doable. But if the wind kicks up, it's going to be very brutal to play.
1: It sounds windy on the phone.
4: Yeah, it's not too bad. I'm just getting getting a few gusts, but yeah, it's a it's a very good course. Are we sure? sure. That,
1: are we sure that's not Patrick Fishburne breathing into the phone? <laughs> You know, it could be.
0: (laughs) Now, BYU's in a unique situation, Rhett. Uh, Not able to play on Sunday, per school rule and mandate from what BYU wants to do. So you're playing your third round when other teams are practicing. Uh, How do you view that? Is it an advantage, a disadvantage, or are you just kind of going to go play and not worry about that?
4: Um, You know, obviously it's a little bit weird, but, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. And you know it could work to our advantage or it could work to our disadvantage. You just don't know what the weather's gonna be like. But yeah, I mean you just gotta go out there and you know, do do the best that you can and you know, just pretend like pretend like you're playing with everybody else. So yeah.
1: Is CJ Lee by you?
4: Um, he is, yeah.
1: Can we talk to him for a sec? We've never talked to him. Can we talk to him? Yeah, for sure. Can you put CJ on? All
0: right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We're waiting for CJ Lee. Jerem Jordan calling an audible. Hello?
1: CJ! CJ, I, this is Jerem Spencer, BYU Sports Station. I think we've talked to everyone on the team but you, so I wanted to get you on the phone. Is that okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Are you enjoying the practice round?
1: Yeah,
4: it's great. The course is uh, really good. It's challenging, but yeah, we like it. We like tough courses, so we're up to the challenge.
1: Give us an idea of what this team dynamic is like, because we we would a few years ago that this could be kind of a superstar group, and now you guys are in the NCAA championship. So what's what's it like to be with those guys at the NCAA championships now?
4: Oh, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, we're we're a really tight knit group. You know, we've got we're really competitive with one another. I think that's what drives this team. Um, yeah, I mean everyone has each other's backs, and it's kind of hard to do in a sport where you know golf is really individual. But in the team aspect, it's it changes, right? Because you're not playing for just yourself; you're playing for your team. So everyone, you know, builds off each other, and I think that's why I think that's why we have the success we have.
0: CJ, thank you for not big timing us and and taking the phone from Red. We appreciate the time. You were man.
1: fantastic. You were fantastic. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Can we talk with Red again?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a first on the show, Yeah, right?
1: we, we've never – well, I guess one time we were talking to Sean Farnham and he handed the phone to Dave Fleming, who's the play by Oh, Giants, yeah, that's right that's, right, that's right. We did that on the golf
0: course. But this is – we asked yeah. for
1: this. I yeah. don't know that
0: we've ever done that in 1,250-plus yeah. shows.
1: Brett, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure we talked to CJ. <laughs> I, I, I felt like we hadn't talked to CJ ever, and so it was for good. sure, you got you to talk to CJ. Okay, let's finish with this. What's going to be the key for you guys to finish uh, well at the NCAA Championships?
4: Um, I would say just staying patient. You know, I mean, it's a four day, it's a four, it's a four day tournament, and then you got match play. So, I mean, if you if you go all the way, it's going to be six days. That's a it's a long time. So, just really staying patient and not getting super frustrated out there. Is the key.
0: Okay, I want to sneak in one more question. What's the best shot you have hit all season thus far, Rhett?
4: Um. Oh, the best shot at conference, my. Second round, I hold out on
2: my ninth hole today to shoot
0: 29.
4: Wow. <laughs> wow. The best shot of the year. Okay, you hold out
0: from where? Like how far from away were you? About 100. And, it wasn't too bad. It was about 120. <laughs> Is it hard not to scream like, a, I don't know, a little child in that uh, situation?
4: <laughs> yeah, a little
1: bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hold out to shoot a 29. That's going to be I tough did. to beat, man. Yeah. Well, well done. I'm pretty good.
1: Rhett, we're stoked for you guys that you broke through the NCAA championships. Best of luck. BYU Sports Nation karma to you and the team. We're going to play the Gregorian chants. Hopefully you can hear them. All the way in Stillwater. Good luck to you guys tomorrow in your third round.
0: All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Rhett. Rhett, the Jet Rasmussen on the Desert First Credit Union hotline and with an appearance by C.J. Lee. Desiree, first, your (laughs) values, your timeline, your financial future.
1: Yeah, we hadn't really done that before. I just wanted to talk to CJ. I felt like we hadn't talked to CJ. We needed to talk to him. Slash more uh, karma transfer to the whole team. Hey, yeah. That was my thought. Let's try things. Let's just experiment. Coming up, which team
0: will Elijah Bryant work out for today? And which position group will be the best for BYU football at the end of the season? We want your projections. This is BOA Sports Nation.
1: Rhett, don't call me Almond Rasmussen.
0: Living at Trio is
2: not about retirement. It's about fun.
0: It was so different from everything we'd been taught to expect about senior living.
2: I was delighted when we came and they had these raised gardens. Just love it here. I wish more people
1: knew about TRIO.
2: Learn more at btrio.com. Some say if you're looking for the soul of America, you'll find it right here in Memphis, Tennessee. But if Memphis is the soul of America, then what's the soul of Memphis? From the banks of the Mississippi to the neon lights of Beale Street,
0: that soul's hiding somewhere, and I've got to put it all in one painting.
2: Join me as we paint the town of Memphis, Tennessee.
0: Don't miss Painting the Town, Tuesday at 8.30 Mountain on BYU-TV.
2: Tonight on Studio C, I perform a three-act play I wrote about bats. It's a musical. Here's a little taste to whip your appetite. Creatures of the night, why do you look so frightful, bats? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by
0: DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guests, fun with math guy, Ken Pomeroy, and Rhett the Jet Rasmussen slash CJ Lee. (laughs) Sorry, Dennis, Pitta. We had time for CJ, but ran out of time for you. That's
1: right. We have time for CJ, but not you. If you missed any part of this show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whiparound. Cougars in the NFL. The New York Jets. Signed former BYU receiver Jonah Treneman after a workout Monday. Congrats to Jonah.
0: Cougars in the NBA. Elijah Bryant will work out for his Uncle Kobe's team, the Los Angeles Lakers. Baseball. Brock Hale and Jordan Wood on the
1: all-West Coast Conference first team. Congrats to those two. Golf.
0: The Cougars, we just talked to Rhett Rasmussen, playing their practice round right now for the NCAA Championships in Stillwater, Oklahoma. BYU plays their third round in an interesting situation later this week while the other teams practice because they don't play on Sunday. Then rounds one and two happen Friday and Saturday.
2: Cougars in the
1: minors. Jacob Hanneman, 3 for 4 with an RBI for the AAA Iowa Cubs and a loss to
0: the Round Rock Express, 5-4. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Goes to Jonah Trineman, congrats.
1: Cut by the Cardinals, now signed by the Jets. Hopefully he can get a good look there and perhaps stick. Also, uh, shout-out to my guy C.J. Lee of the men's golf team for uh, doing us a solid During the interview with Rhett Rasmussen, I appreciate C.J. Lee joining. I just wanted all the guys to be on the show at some point. I really think this men's golf team is special. Like, we've seen Patrick Fishburne's a top 40 player. Peter, Quest for Perfection. Rhett, the Jet Rasmussen. C.J. Lee. I'm leaving out a couple of guys, but this is a special group that Bruce Brockbank has.
0: I think Patrick Fishburne, after his regional performance, has jumped up inside the top 20, naturally. Oh, and
1: he could be gone after this year. Just jump right into the web.com tour. See him in the PGA Tour in a couple years.
0: When you can hit the ball 400 yards and you can putt and score, you, you have. You don't a have to describe
1: golf. my game here. Oh, <laughs>
0: what? Our question of the day at the end of the season: What will BYU football's strongest position group be? Let's hear from the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Friend of the program at Laser Sheep chimes in. Linebackers. After that, it will be the offensive line. BYU really needs groups to stand out on both sides of the ball. Just win, baby. Another Al Davis reference. Yeah, was, What's a BYU Sports Nation Bagley. without an Al Davis reference?
1: Yeah, is Al Davis the C.S. Lewis of BYU Sports Nation? Now? At
0: Steve K underscore Med 13. Tied ends and running backs are going to be the one-two punch of the offense and mm. will tie for best position group. Defense will have some outstanding players at linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle, and safety. But I'm worried about depth overall holding those groups back.
1: One question I have about the tight ends is, will they be flexed out and pass catchers at the level that we have seen recently? Or will Jeff Grimes make Matt Bushman put a hand in the ground and make him catch out of that situation oh, more? Oh, that's going
0: to happen. Like, well, well, Matt Bushman, yes. it's, been, it's been clear that he's going to be a blocking tight end. But how much, you're right, how much will they utilize him as pass catchers?
1: Let me give you a thought about the aforementioned Dennis Pitta. Sorry, no time today. If Dennis Pitta had been asked to put his hand in the ground and just do that, he would not have been in the NFL to the same degree he would have. He, he did. Because he was good at being flexed out and catching the rock. If Matt Bushman, Matt, I hope that Matt Bushman is not underutilized. Moroni Laulupututau, former receiver. His strength is catching the rock. So I think BYU needs to be careful, and that's all up to Jeff Grimes, right? But those skill sets for those guys is
0: catching the ball. So will that be used to the nth degree? Maybe it's a mask. Maybe it's a mask. Yeah, we're going to put their hands in the ground. Don't worry yeah. about those guys catching yeah. the
1: ball. Uh, yeah, we're going to make Matt Bushman uh, put his hand in the ground.
0: He I can't compete with block. Grimes'
1: low voice, but the way. obviously I will have to
0: block. And Matt told us that in spring ball. He's like, I, I'm really working on blocking. His strength is catching the ball. How do they then take catch advantage the ball. Of that? Our elite voice of the day from Karen Western on Facebook. The fans will be the best position group at the end of the season. Always the fans. Oh, snap.
1: Nice one. That's elite. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show's on demand at BYUSN.com.
0: Our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Chris Ferrisopoulos draft pick of the New York Jets in 1974. Nice U.S. Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.
1: My name is Jonah
0: Trinaman.